Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about outing yourself. (laughs) Coming out of the infertility closet. That's right. A lot of people want to talk about this topic. I mean, I did. Oh, absolutely. We, we um, We did talk about it for a hot minute in episode three, I think. So if anyone wants more after this episode go back and listen to episode three because we did discuss it then and i'm sure we'll discuss it again in the future because it's a big topic in the infertility community wouldn't you say yeah yeah it's a big part of it but first the business Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) we had many people correct us on this first thing Oh, that D word. And I don't mean damn it. Or dick. (laughs) Or dick. (laughs) Which we've used both. We both know how to say dick and damn it. (laughs) Good for us. (laughs) This is about the word, say it, Sarah. No, I was going to let you say it because I'm nervous now. (laughs) Diagnoses. Ease. Dang it. (laughs) Diagnoses. No, no, no. Dang it. I Di- did it wrong again. Diagnoses. Oh, uh, okay. Diagnoses. There you go. Diagnoses. Guys, we're not doctors. We're going to say it however the F we want, okay? Diagnoses if we want. You know what we mean. Yes. <laughs> right? But I guess if we want to be proper about it and technical, which we don't. Wait, say it again. <laughs> Diagnoses. Diagnoses. Okay. Yeah, like pretend like it has, Brett said this in our Facebook group, like the word C's on the end, like S-E-A-S. I feel like if it was spelled that way, it would be more obvious. Diagnoses. Well, it looks like. Like like the C. It looks like diagnoses. (laughs) It does, but I'm pretty sure it's diagnoses. Diagnoses. (laughs) Sounds right. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, medical people who we offended. Right. <laughs> I know. People like, like you know, it's driving them crazy. Every doctors, time they hear it, they're like, exactly. no, you're saying it wrong. They just cringe every time we speak, probably. I don't even know why they're listening at this point. <laughs> you guys are so stupid. Yeah. No, don't, don't stop listening, though. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it makes you feel smarter than us. Right. And who doesn't just, love feeling smarter than other people? Exactly. I I feel like this podcast for the medical community is, hey, you feeling down on yourself? You need a self-esteem boost? Turn on this podcast. That's what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to make you look good and feel good. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So speaking of nurses, Nurse Mandy also gave us a couple of corrections. A couple. (laughs) I see a lot of corrections here. No, it's really not. It's just, it's just. Well, she corrected corrected us on the pronunciation of that word that I'm not going to say again. But then, we in the last episode we're talking about auto and alloimmune disease, and one of them we were talking about high prolactin levels, and we weren't sure if there was a way to treat it. And she let us know that there is. So, oh man, look at these words: <laughs> bromocryptine. <laughs> Bromocryptine parlo- parlodal and cabergoline? Yeah. Dostinex. 
Yeah, and they're they're both oral medications, I think. But even she said I had to Google that one. So, so I don't know. Right, but those are we just threw it out there. We were like, I don't know if you can treat high prolactin. Turns out you can. So that's yeah. good. And then she also followed up on your what you brought up the RH factor. She said I was correct in regards to RH factor. She said the RH factor is inherited and can cause alloimmune induced hemolytic anemia. What? Uh, In a fetus or newborn baby who is RH positive born from an RH negative mother. Okay, so so it causes the baby to have the alloimmune reaction um, to blood. Right? Uh, I think so. <laughs> but it's the mom's body that co- that does yeah. the you know, turnabout. Just, just, you know, get the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was an... In- she, she went on to explain. I thought it was interesting. So she says, all pregnant women are tested for RH factor. Right. Which I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what they're that. doing yeah. when they take your blood. All that blood. Well, they take your blood every other day, it seems like. Oh. But, yeah... So she said, um, yeah, the, the anab- they're looking for that RH factor when they test you. She said, that's why it should sound familiar to you, Kayla. <laughs> like, Sarah, you're right. Kayla, you're a dumbass. <laughs> um, not really. She would never say that. So she says out it loud. won't ever cause any issues. Right. Out loud. It won't ever cause any issues with the firstborn baby, but subsequent babies that are RH positive when the mother is RH negative are at risk for this incompatibility that leads to problems. <laughs> I'm not even going to read. Yeah, destruction of the baby's blood cells. It can be fatal to a developing fetus or newborn if the anemia is bad enough. So, and then she went on to talk about how she for her whole life thought she was a positive or I'm sorry O positive and then the doctor was like no you're a positive and then she her dad was O positive and she thought her mom was O negative and she was one of those RH women RH factor women so I think we were wondering if O blood types can create anything other than O. It turns out they can. She says yes. Yes. She said, I started researching and discovered that two O blood types can create an A blood type baby, but it's rare. Story of my life. So. I've seen things on Baby Center about like like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the dad's like, the blood type's not the same. Right. (laughs) She said she's like, I was questioning if my dad was my dad. <laughs> I had no idea that two O types could create an A type. Yeah. Mm. Well, they can, everybody. Anyway, let's talk about coming out of the closet. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> our first comment is from Micah. <gasps> Puffin. Oh, I guess we didn't say. We got, we're sharing listener comments now. You guys wrote and shared your comments. I don't think we said that. We're sharing them first before we give our own. Do you think she cares that I call her puffins? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I guess it's too late now. (laughs) I like that better. 
I think it's cute. I think she just wants us to know what her actual name is, since it's not obvious. She's like, my name's not Puffins. <laughs> but it's so cute. Yeah. It is cute. And <sighs> I like, But I like her actual name as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I like want to know too. where the name Micah came from. I've heard it before. Yeah, I have too, but I'm just curious. I'm, I am fascinated by people's names and where they came from. But anyway, Micah, I feel like I told too many people too soon that we were trying, and then it just sucked after a while when people asked about how it was going. Then when we realized something was wrong, I told a couple people close to me and over time started expanding that circle. Mostly people have been very supportive. Once in a while, people say stupid stuff because they don't understand we have recently opened up pretty publicly about our struggles because it has been four and a half years with no success. We have decided that we don't want others to feel like they are alone. People at church don't talk about it, and that is where we should feel like we can be vulnerable so we can support one another. A couple people at church know who are close friends, and I opened up on Instagram and received support there as well. Being upfront with people though, about how you don't want people asking you about it all the time would help, I'm sure. Yes, to all of this. There's a lot to pick out of that comment. Yeah, like telling people too soon. Yeah, it can so backfire. Because, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think the best time to tell people is when you're seeing a doctor or starting treatments. I don't know. Because don't if you know. say before, people are going to be like, have you tried blah, blah, blah. They say that bullshit anyway. Oh. They they say it all they because people like go into fixer mode and feel like they have to, they have to, <laughs> guys, Sarah's eating a donut right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear my jaw popping? <laughs> <laughs> no, they go into fixer mode. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? It doesn't matter when you tell them. I feel like, I mean, maybe you might get less of that if you're seeing a specialist, but I don't know. But yeah, I definitely relate to that. And that's why I did not tell a lot of people at the top because I did not want constant. It's like, it's like that. I didn't want that awkward gorilla in the room where like time has passed and nothing's happening, but they know you're struggling. So there's like this expectation that you should constantly give them an update or they don't know if they should ask and it's just awkward, you know? Yeah. They're like, you pregnant yet? Right. Or they're always wondering if you're pregnant. Yeah, they're constant. They're like analyzing everything, especially people close to you. Like, oh, she didn't have a glass of wine at dinner tonight. Maybe she's pregnant. No. Nope. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, telling a lot of people, you're definitely opening yourself up to that. Did you tell people at church? Uh, No, no, not right. I didn't tell anyone right away I told mom and sister that we were trying Mm -hmm. like in the beginning before we saw a doctor once we saw a doctor we told our immediate family and then 
I told the entire world on YouTube. Ah, yes. But, but I was speaking very, even though it's totally public, as you know, like you're speaking to a very specific community of infertile people. Uh, I mean, anyone can watch it, but. (laughs) I'll get you pregnant. Right. All the weirdos. Um, But the good thing about those social media accounts is that you can still share, but be anonymous. So you get the support of actual people that know what you're going through without having to like, you know, be totally public about it. Which is nice. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone I made a YouTube channel. <laughs> I didn't Except either for until Peter probably a while but later. No. Yeah. I did not want people to watch it. <laughs> I was very much in the closet. No, I I told my when I finally did tell my family about my YouTube channel, they all know about it now. Um and I think it I don't know. I think maybe my mom was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And it was like, I didn't wa- I purposely did not want you to know. I wanted to have like a space where I could go and just bitch about this stuff and talk about things that annoyed me or talk about things that I was sad about to people that understood how I felt. Yeah. And no offense, but you were not that person at the time. Like, I didn't want them to know about it. Because <laughs> it's awkward. You know? Yeah. And they don't, like, to me, the biggest thing was, like, you don't get it. So I can say how I'm feeling to you over and over again, and you can be empathetic and try to provide support, but it's just not the same as talking to someone who actually has walked in your shoes. My parents like to tell people that we did IVF. (laughs) Your parents out you all over the place. Yeah. Like, they tell everyone. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I tell people too, not like right. when I first meet them. So, hi, I'm Sarah. Did I VF? Right, but I know they are. I'm totally proud of it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. They're proud of it. They're proud of you. Yeah, and Peter. Well, the um, weirdest thing I went to this little play place with Bjorn, and this grandma was watching the two little girls and she's like yeah it took a lot for them to get them they went through infertility i was like me too and then the mom came back and was like so you're infertile (laughs) (laughs) or i said something she's like oh yeah we did an iui and got pregnant with her and then we got a bonus and i'm like get out of here (laughs) get out of here I mean, you're it's still in the club. See, you're still right? in the club. You're still in the club. She Absolutely. was like over forty when they were trying. Mm-hmm. So, mm. not the exactly the same as your situation. The infertility issue was kind of obvious with that one, right? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I feel happy for people who do one IUI and get pregnant. Oh, of course. Because I'm like, it hey. can happen. Right. We don't we don't wish this infertility crap on anybody. Those people but are like I unicorns. Right. And you're right. Is anyone listening? If you did one IUI and had success with it, please email us. Yeah. Infertile Mafia 
at gmail.com. I, I want to hear from the one and done happened. IUI people. Because that's great. It is super great. I've just never... You're, it's like you said, it's like a unicorn in the infertility world. Mm-hmm. I just don't hear about it. So. Yeah. Our next person is Ashley. And she said, I slowly told family and friends... And now, if you are in any way close with my husband and I, you know about our struggles. My husband doesn't want the whole world knowing, but I would be perfectly fine making everything public. I feel like we have a lot of support, but I am respecting my hubby's feelings. Seems about right. (laughs) I wonder, too, if it ever is like, if you're not on the same page with that, it's like another stressor. Oh, yeah. Has you to know be. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that hasn't been a stressor for her, but I could see how it could. Like, if you're feeling like you really need support and want to share with people and your partner's like, no. Or the other way around. Like, your partner's like, I'm going to tell the entire world. <laughs> Posting it on Facebook every day. You're like, what's oh. going on? I think having a TTC Instagram is a good middle ground for that because you can be anonymous if you want or not right (laughs) which is what we were just like that was youtube for both of us too and which is weird because they see our face yeah but and you're you at least like you had your first names in your title mine's like totally anonymous you know how many people are named sarah and peter Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I think you were safe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Next is Brett. As I've mentioned a couple times, I'm coming out to people slowly as it's relevant. I'm definitely not open on social media. My advice for people who are thinking about coming out is first to discuss with your partner and make sure you are only sharing things about yourself or that they are okay with. Yes, we agree, like we just said. I would also encourage anyone to be more open. It really does lift a burden of secrecy. Maybe start with someone that is going through it themselves. Yes. Maybe. She has been, like, even over the last few months, I feel like she's getting more comfortable sharing. Yeah. She's talked about, like, she met a celebrity. I didn't know who it was. I don't know who it was either. But on a on a plane or something and just like had verbal diarrhea. <laughs> I'm infertile. <laughs> like unloaded everything on her. But they became friends. I'm sure that yeah. person was like, Yay, someone else is talking about themselves. <laughs> They're not asking me a bunch of questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've but reached it- out to people and that I like went to high school with who've mentioned things on Facebook that I'm like, oh, they're going through infertility. Mm-hmm. Then it, it's just, sometimes it's weird because they're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I've had the exact same experience. <laughs> no, I really, yeah. like, I'll see someone post something and I'll send them a private message. And, cause I get all excited. I'm Me like, too. Oh Another infertile person. <laughs> I get super excited about it and I just don't I don't think everyone and this is okay like you and I feel very like I don't know passionate about the community 
mm-hmm. and like wanting to get people not like we're better than other everybody else but we like that's important to us to like help people have support and get connected but not everybody like rolls that way you know not everybody no but some people do not want your help (laughs) even if you even if they mention it they're like yeah i don't want to talk to you about this they're just more they just want to keep it closer to the vest and that is fine i even sent one girl my youtube channel and she never said anything. <laughs> oh, I've sent lots of people that like, channel. This is very awkward. Because she was getting a laparoscopy. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, here's my laparoscopy video. You're welcome. And then she never said anything. <laughs> oh. Well, so. I would have appreciated it if you had randomly reached out to me after 10 years of being graduated from yeah. the same high school and sent me your pictures of your insides. <laughs> some people don't like that. <laughs> some people, some people don't like it. Yeah. I also agree with her about it lifting the burden of secrecy when you share. Yes. Like, wouldn't you? Like, you do feel this sense of like, oh, like, yeah, weight gets lifted, mm-hmm. and you can feel like you're living more authentically. I think. Yeah. Like you're not. I mean, you're still hiding it from some people, but it's not a total secret. <laughs> you know? Yeah. True. So, I like it. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> okay, this one from KJ is really kind of long, but I like it. It is. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. My advice. Tell people in your own time but know who you are telling. Ooh, that's really good advice. My strange analogy is it's like the kid who brings show and tell to first grade. The little girl is super excited about her cool tools truck that she got for her birthday. She stands up in class, uh, she stands up in class, breaks out that cool tools truck, and half of the class are playing with their own show and tell A quarter of the class seems genuinely excited, and the last quarter starts to laugh. Those bitches. (laughs) There are people who are like half the class. They won't even notice or attempt to understand what you're telling them. They may come off as despondent or just smile and say, oh, it's okay, it will happen. Those are the people that feed you the bullshit lines. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, she didn't say that. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> she doesn't have a potty mouth like I do. <laughs> then there's a quarter that will be right there with you. You can share your struggle and cry on their shoulder. And although they won't have the right words and will say the wrong things, you can still count on them. Because let's be real. What are the right words? What I might like to hear is not necessarily what you will. That's also true. true. Then the last quarter, the judgmental group, the bitches. <laughs> I added that again too. <laughs> the fake friends, the ones that will find a flaw in your pain. They'll judge you for your choices against their religion or principles. Oh, They'll be yes. sweet to your face, perhaps, but will knock you down to beat you to the finish line and rub it in. I think it's up to you and me uh, to choose who we will listen to. It's true. It's hard to like block out the negative voices sometimes. Um, I was that kid who got laughed at for bringing cool tools to show and tell. 
it was news to me. Girls didn't play with cool trucks. But as a kid, I listened to the judgment and I didn't even notice that there were people right in front of me that had my back and were just as excited as I was. Long analogy, I have no idea if it makes sense. It totally makes sense. I'm sure there's a better way to explain it. No, that was great. <laughs> I'm having a I conversation with her. Yeah. Uh, and then, so last part here. Bottom line, find the good and steer from the negative and try not to take offense. No one has the words you want to hear unless you tell them what you need. Most people do try to understand and be sympathetic. That was great. I think that's awesome. I yeah. loved it. It didn't yeah. seem that long when you were reading it. <laughs> I think she's, I think it's a great analogy though. Like, I feel like that's a great analogy people, for life. It is about anything that you care about. There's going to be some people that don't care either way. Some that are like, yes, this is awesome, support you. And some that are like, make fun of you. Yeah. You know, and same is true with uh, your infertility struggles. I guess that's something to remember to make you a better friend, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, does your friend really want to hear your negative thoughts on their new thing they're doing? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> so I need don't to be remember the bitch. that. Yeah. Don't be the bitch in your friendship. Yeah, I love that. And for the record, KJ, um, I can totally relate to being the girl that liked the trucks. I was such a tomboy when I was a kid. I liked all the things the boys did. I mean, I liked dolls too, mm-hmm. but... I was not like super girly girl. I liked, I liked the boy stuff too. I was only so around I would have been boys. in the. You what? I was only around boys. Like that's right, brothers. Well, just a brother, and then the babysitter. There were two other boys there. <laughs> gotcha. But I think that's a great analogy. I like it. Thanks, KJ. Me too. So, I mean, we covered some of these, but maybe you and I can just share our own opinion, which is what everyone came here to hear, right? (laughs) Yeah. Now for the moment you've all been waiting for. Our kernels of wisdom coming at you right now. (laughs) Pros and cons to telling. Let's talk about it. Support. Lots of support. Con. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. (laughs) I thought we were going to do this quickly. My leg. It's asleep. We can do it quickly. I think so. Some of the minor pros, I would say like you like KJ was just saying, it helps you spot the crappy people in your life who like aren't supportive of you. True. Um, And then you also get like less bullshit questions like when are you gonna get pregnant when are you gonna make me a grandma like you will probably get less questions like that because people know you're trying yeah and there might also be like less hiding about random like like random explanations about why you're sad or why you're not feeling well or whatever fill in the blank like if people know you're going through this they might understand that better Mm -hmm. 
But I was trying to remember how I told my parents. I can't remember how I told mine either. Other than, like I said, I told my mom right off the bat, like when we were trying, because <laughs> listen to this. My sister and I, we were one of those people. So my sister got pregnant on the first try. Mm. Well done, Laura. I know you're listening. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and um, we, so when she told me, because for a long time, like for years, we were one of those people that were like, let's time our kids so that they're the same no. age. Their cousins are the same age growing up. We totally wanted to time our pregnancies. So when she told me she was pregnant, it was like, okay, it's time to do this. <laughs> How much younger is she than you? Three years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, will you see how well that worked out? Because my nephew was four years old when my children were born. So, things didn't exactly go according to plan. Funny enough, that's what my sister-in-law and I said. Did you? (laughs) When we were going to do our first IVF. Mm. She got pregnant the month before and then we did not (laughs) (laughs) womp womp yep yeah I mean it's a nice thought and a lot of people do are able to work that out but when you're in our position looking back on it it's like it's just it's funny don't (laughs) talk other people into getting pregnant yeah don't don't try to like sit down with your friends and time this out I mean it probably isn't going to work that way Especially mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> There's a good chance that taking matters into your own hands may not be Just don't your do best that. option. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say the other, like you were just saying, the biggest pros of sharing are the support and the resources. Mm-hmm. Especially you start sharing stuff with the infertility community and then they all come out of the woodwork. And like, I did this. Have you tried that? And you don't mind suggestions from people that have been through it. So that's true. And ultimately, it helps decrease the stigma, like just across the board. The more people talk about it, the more normalizing it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so. A con is you cannot go back in the closet once you're out. Nope. Can't take it back. Since it's out there, it's out there. Like we were, who, I don't remember who it was that we shared the first, her first comment. Um, Micah. Sorry, Micah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, and she, she said she kind of regretted coming out because, yeah. And like you said, you can't take it back. So you also, I feel like something that keeps, it's just, it's awkward. It's like such a vulnerable topic. It usually has to do with sex. So it's awkward. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was nodding. <laughs> no. Forget people can't see me besides you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, everyone has an opinion when you tell them because they feel like they have to say something. Yeah. My, yeah, I mean, you know, my mother-in-law did not have mm-hmm. a good opinion. But and she offered up her fallopian tubes to you. 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys should have seen Sarah's face. <laughs> I don't want her fallopian tubes. Peter's been in those fallopian tubes. Oh, that is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's gross. But <laughs> other people in her family, like Peter's grandparents and his uncle were like very supportive. Oh, that's good. But his, his uncle's a priest. <laughs> oh. And he was like so supportive. He said he went to some wall in some place. I did I can't remember. He was in Rome or something and then he went to the wall and prayed for us. I was like, that's very nice of you. That's very sacrilegious of you. Like, I thought you'd priest. be against this. But he's like he said he thought it was like cool, like the whole being pregnant and, you know, whatever. I don't know he, what I'm trying he, to say. You were coming out of the infertility closet. He was going in. I guess so. Like, as a Catholic priest who was like giving, showing you some support. I don't. He had I think to be he's in the like, closet. If you're gonna do it, then I'll be supportive. I'm gonna support you. Yeah. Like, I don't think he wants our embryos to die. Yeah. So I mean, that's all you can really ask for is even if someone maybe doesn't agree like they can still support you like they can still want the best for you that's yeah, like the best can... case scenario i think with some yeah we have bashed the catholic church enough on this podcast and i'm not about to go down that road again no this there's is a good there's some priests who support it right you know? and there's not... lots of catholics that support it there's oh, lots yeah. of catholics that do it yeah so lots of them yeah I think I think the I mean the official stance is what it is, but that doesn't mean all the <laughs> that doesn't mean all those Catholics are well. That doesn't the mean rules. they don't want it to work for right. you because you're going to do right. it anyway. Yeah, but uh, one of Peter's aunts we saw her last weekend, not like last weekend, but the weekend before that. She's like, "Was it easier this time around?" I'm like, "Um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that." <laughs> <laughs> in a way you would understand. Yeah. Like, we had to do a yeah. frozen embryo transfer and we had an embryo frozen. So, yes, it was physically easier in that way. Yeah. Like, we just went and said, hey, let's transfer this. And we did. Yeah. It wasn't like trying to get pregnant mm -hmm. beforehand. Right. But it, that I sense. wouldn't say it's easy, though. Yeah, it's not easy. It's a yeah. simpler process. <laughs> yeah, it's not but, emotionally easier, for sure. But we knew what That's, we had to do, so right. that That's does true. make it easier. Yeah, you're, you had your expectations. were Nothing was like a surprise, really. No, like, yeah. if you know that you have to do IVF in what works for you then i'd say it's easier i don't know <laughs> but that's a good Do you know what i'm saying <laughs> i i of course i know what you're saying yeah i totally know what you're saying and i think like as it relates to your aunt and asking here's advice i this is a good point this is advice i would give do you either want people and these are people that are genuine in your life like genuine supporters 
you either have to field the bullshit questions and remarks like, when are you guys going to start a family? And when are you, you either have to field those type of questions or you have to field questions like what Sarah just said, where they are asking they're the question's kind of annoying because they don't really get the process, but they're trying to be supportive, but they say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Like, you have to decide for yourself which one you want to put up with more. Like, you either have to put up with the remarks when people don't know anything, or you have to put up with the dumb remarks when they do, but don't understand it. Yeah, I was like, really? I, don't, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah, because people mean well. Like, your aunt, I'm sure she w- she means well. Like, they're trying to talk to you because they're interested and they mm-hmm. care about you. But just because they mean well doesn't necessarily make you feel better. Like, even if you know, even if someone says something hurtful, if they mean, like, that doesn't make you feel better just because the intention was good. She asked me in the middle of a graduation, too. So I'm like, can we talk about this <sighs> later? I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Just shut it down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I should sure. also, I'm going to add to the conversation when we were talking about the pros and helping it decrease the stigma. I want to add on to that, that... That should in no way make anyone feel any kind of pressure to share. No. Because you don't don't feel like you have to do any kind of sharing just because we're opening up about it and saying that we have or other people have. That, that like you just do it in your own way in your own time. I mean, Sarah and I are open books about it now, but like we just told you, we weren't in the beginning. Not it when takes we're going time through to it. Get, it takes time to get com- comfortable and confident and you should just share in any way that you're comfortable. So don't feel like like you need to do it or if something you never like want to share, that's okay that too. That is your business. Exactly. Like I had, if you want to um, just do it and not think about it again and that's fine. Be a normal person afterwards. Exactly. Then you that that's, That's a fine. thing you can do. <laughs> so I think we talked a little bit about like who to share with and the pros and cons of that. Like either no one or just people you trust or just the infertility community or the entire world if you want to. So we did touch on that, but let's talk for a minute about how much to share. Because I think this is another one that can be really um, can go either way. I think it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. And where you're sharing it. Like, I wouldn't share a bunch on Facebook or in mixed company. Yeah. My cervical mucus. Um, I'm trying to have this salad right now. No, no. no. (laughs) I'm eating ranch. (laughs) I would, yeah. It depends. Yeah. Even if it's, like, your best friend who has no idea what you're talking about, you probably wouldn't go into specifics that, like, I'm doing 125, no, wait, 150 <laughs> right. IUs of Follistim. They're 75. just staring blankly at you. Yeah. yeah. They're like, okay. Because they have no idea. Right. I think that's good to set boundaries, like, 
In other words, you can tell people, hey, we're struggling to get pregnant and that and end it there. They don't mm-hmm. need to know the specifics if, if you don't want to share that stuff of why you can't for some reason. Like, and if they ask, you can just say, well, we're not comfortable sharing right now. Thank you for respecting our wishes. And Mine's easy because I can say, I don't have fallopian tubes. <laughs> and they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yours is like a little easier for the dum-dums to understand. I don't like have, you have a to highway. go into some complicated autoimmune disease like I have. And yeah. they're like, what? <laughs> Like, it's very complicated. Yeah. So that, yeah, I don't have fallopian tubes, and that pretty much shuts the conversation down. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on your diagnosis. Right. Depends on your diagnosis and your own comfortability level. Is that a word? I don't think it is. I don't think so. Comfortability? (laughs) Probably not. Comfort level? (laughs) There you go. I also think it's okay. I didn't do this in the beginning. And I think it's okay to tell people what you need. In other words, once you tell people, they're probably going to be like, uh, is it okay to ask about it? Should I ignore it? Should I wait for you to bring it up? It's okay to tell them like, hey, mom, if you want to ask me about it, it's okay. Or mom, I'll bring it up when I want to talk about it or whatever you need. I think that that is yeah. like can save you some of those annoying conversations with people. Just you tell assess them. the situation. Yes. Here's who you don't tell all the dirty details to. That gossipy friend. We all have mm. one. <laughs> you tell her and everyone will know. It'll be on the bathroom stall tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So don't tell her. <laughs> She may be easy to talk to, but she tells right. everyone. She She's the friend that, and I'm not saying she's not an actual friend. She just, the, Can't she's the friend shut. that listens so intently because she wants to know every detail because she then is going to blab it to everyone else. <laughs> you all have that friend. You know you do. Mm, yeah. So... And then last but not least, I would say these are things I learned from like my own (laughs) stupid experience. But the other time that I maybe wouldn't share is when you're in the middle of a cycle of like something and or when you get a positive pregnancy test. So, again, this is up to you. But if you have shared in the middle of a cycle all the people you shared with, they need a constant update. <laughs> or you feel like they need a constant update. Maybe they don't actually need one, but you feel like they do. To me, that added a lot of pressure on myself to like when we told people we were doing IVF and then did a, our first transfer. It just, I just felt this added pressure of like having to constantly update everyone about every little thing. Mm-hmm. So then when we did the second transfer, we didn't tell anybody and it was amazing that's how i Second felt about youtube transfer. right like <laughs> it was too much doing youtube videos during the first transfer like it made me think about it too much sure then the second round of ivf i just did it and then and waited until you were went done. home and didn't think about it well i mean yeah. i thought about it but 
I didn't make videos about it. Mm-hmm. Talking about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody's different. Like if you, if that would be comforting to you to have, to like constantly talk about it with the people you've shared, then that's fine. But it just, for me personally, it wasn't. And that like the same thing of when you get a positive pregnancy test, it's that you have to think about, like I think about when I found out I was miscarrying all the people I had to tell. Yeah. And it was painful every time I had to tell someone. I remember that video. Oh, gosh. It's rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough. But that's just something to keep in mind. Like, maybe you want to keep it to yourself for a little while. But it's up to you. So. Or you can tell us. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can... Uh, Join the Infertile Mafia, which we haven't mentioned the Facebook group, so now's a good time. (laughs) If you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's a closed group called the Infertile Mafia, so you can go join it and you can tell, you you can show your pregnancy test that you're not sure if you see the line, but maybe you do, but maybe you don't. And ask other people if they do or don't. Then Mandy will tweak it, or Paula. Right. Actually, I don't think Paula's been in there tweaking tests. <laughs> Didn't she say someone said she was like the like pregnancy test whisperer or something? She is. Like like she can see it when no one else can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't though that kind of stuff makes me nervous. I don't I don't like it. I don't like tweaking tests. I don't like staring at tests. I mean, I know everybody does it. I'm in the minority here. It just, I never got into that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I just, it it made me crazy. Like, well, yeah. It drove me crazy. And I'm like, I can't do this to Of course myself. it does. Yeah. But some people enjoy a little crazy. I do too, but not with that. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Out yeah. of the box. Out mm-hmm. of the box. What do we got today? Uh, we're going to talk about real world stories. <laughs> oh, wait. We were also going to do a PSA. Uh, for what? Hey, ladies, don't get roofied. Oh, yes. <laughs> In my local area group on Facebook, someone said, I think I got roofied at this bar on the strip. And then people were like, yeah. I don't know. But don't get roofied. <laughs> don't get roofied. Ladies, watch your drinks. Get child don't. cups. <laughs> Can I have a gin and tonic with a lid and a straw, please? What if it's the bartender? <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't see the point. Like, are they trying to, like, have a wide net? I don't know. To date rape someone? I thought, I don't know. I mean, I thought the point was like, you're trying to hook up with a girl and then you slip her something and then before it actually kicks in, she's back in your hotel room. Yeah. But I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I just got my hair cut and colored and my, the lady that does my hair, she also told me a story about how she got roofied. In Vegas, of all places. Did she get... And then she said, this this was her 21st birthday. Oh, no. 
and she was there with her brother, her older brothers. Thank God. And she she said actually though she doesn't know what's scarier that she got roofied. She, it was just like two nice guys she met at the pool. Quote oh, nice no. guys. Don't yeah. trust those nice guys. No, the nice ones are the ones you need to. Yeah, and don't. This may. I mean, I feel like this is obvious, but maybe it's not. Don't accept drinks from strangers. I'd don't probably let him take g- a drink from a stranger. So, <laughs> but don't. Or if the if some guy you're flirting with is like, I'll go get you another round. Nope, I can get myself another round. And this is not just for like single people that are out club hopping. I mean, this happened. She was there with her brothers. And mm-hmm. then anyway, I guess she said she started feeling really sick. She fell face first in the pool, <gasps> passed out. No. And then her brothers, she said they they one of them just threw her over his shoulder and took her up to her hotel room. Oh, they no. didn't know what had happened. They just thought she was really drunk. And she said, I don't know what's scarier, that I was roofied or that these two guys picked me up and carried me off when I was clearly incoherent. Well, they were her brothers, right? I know they were her brothers, but how does the hotel staff know that? How does Vegas know that? I don't know. You just got to be careful out there, ladies. I've never been to Vegas. Oh, you haven't? Nope. I can't believe you've never been to Vegas. Nope. (laughs) Peter has been once, and I don't think he wants to go back. Oh, see, I feel like people are hot or cold on Vegas. Like, they either love it or hate it. He went for an engineering convention and then got stuck there. Okay, well, he needs to try again. (laughs) Not an engineer. Have more fun with me. Right. And don't take Bjorn. (laughs) What? No. I thought it was family friendly. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> Vegas lied. It is not family friendly. <laughs> so I guess we won't be going to Vegas for quite a Anytime while. soon. No. Yeah, yeah. Wait on that one when you can, yeah, have fun without the kids. <laughs> but the moral to the story is don't get roofied, ladies. Right. Yeah. Be careful out there. Okay, Sarah, share your real world. Re- Real Real world world story? Real world story. I shared it on the Facebook page, but uh, I'll quickly tell you. It's, um, okay, so the real world that aired in 2002, uh, I was watching it as a seventh grader. Wait, seventh going to eighth grader. Wait, so this was the real world Chicago, you said? Yes. The one that was being filmed during 9-11. Right. Yes, yeah. that's the one. So we were watching it. And and you said you were in seventh grade. Yeah. And I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. You could have been on there. I could have. But I didn't live in Chicago yet. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. Okay, so Kara, she was really annoying on there. And always like super bitchy. And my friend was like, I'm going to kick her ass if we see her in St. Louis at the Britney Spears concert. The seventh grader. Yes. <laughs> seventh going into eighth grade. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> yes. And uh, we were going, walking to the Britney Spears concert. It was downtown, whatever that big arena is. <laughs> I can't remember. Every big town but has it's one. like way downtown. 
by the arch. And uh, we saw her as we were walking in. And that friend who said she was going to kick her ass was like, oh, my God, I love you. She totally fangirled. mm -hmm, We got a picture with her and she is skinnier than I was (laughs) as a like 13 year old. Wow. (laughs) And I weighed like 70 pounds. (laughs) Yikes. 70, 80 pounds. So she was skinny. We're on your way to a Britney Spears concert. And it was a great concert. Hit me, baby, one more time. Oh, it that was, was the, such a good music video. It was the Dream Within a Dream tour. Like It was prime Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh, I never saw Brit. Before 2007. Before her uh, meltdown. <laughs> before Kevin's fetter line. Right. I never saw Britney, but I saw NSYNC, and I got to go backstage and meet them. That's so cool. But I'm going to share that in another out of the box. I'll leave you with all the juicy details hanging. Yeah, because let me just say this. JC smells amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. What about Justin Timberlake? Um, I mean, he well, I'll I'll share I'll share more details in our next Did you out of have box. your own NSYNC member like with your friends? Of course. You can't have like dibs on you can't like the same guy. <laughs> Who was yours? <laughs> which is which is bullshit because everyone loved Justin. Yeah. But I loved JC. He was actually my favorite. <laughs> you know who mine was? Oh no, Chris. <laughs> Joey. Lance. Lance. <laughs> Why do I always pick the gay ones? <laughs> Aww. Like so I many wish I guys, could be friends with Lance these days. Yeah, I mean we'd be we'd be best friends. So many guys that I was friends with who like said they had crushes on me <laughs> in like high school ended up being gay. Yeah. What does that say about me? <laughs> don't don't read into it too much. Is it because like I'm a non-threatening target? Like target? <laughs> you know, like I like her. But we're never going to date. Could be. Do you think it was that? Like, was it because I was nice to them? Um, I think it was because I was like a non, like it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Maybe they weren't worried about you trying to jump their bones. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, no, we can be friends. Yeah. You were a safe space, which is good because we all need safe spaces. A good beard. (laughs) a good little beard but we had so much fun together so i have a funny story not funny but i just have a story about the real world chicago too because well i watch i used to watch the real world like like but i've never watched it like in the last 10 years i have not turned on mtv but it's not on anymore Okay, that's probably for the best. But anyway, <laughs> it must have been on in recent years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, because they filmed again in Chicago. and Right, that's the uh, Skeleton Key season. Okay, we have a real-world fan in the house, everybody. <laughs> it's where someone from their past came in Oh. and told secrets. Oh, that see, come on, real-world, like... I know you're the OG reality TV show, 
But I guess after 30 seasons, you just like have trouble reinventing yourself. Well, that's not going to happen in real life. Right. So that's, that's what the real world was supposed to be. The real world where people stop being nice and start getting real. Wasn't this that is the, the real world Chicago. Right. Exactly. This anyway. is the story of seven strangers oh. picked to live in a mansion. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go on. Work together. <laughs> and have our lives filmed. <laughs> wow. That's sad. What is it? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so they were filming in Chicago and we, as I've said before, we live in in downtown Chicago and the house that they were living in was like two blocks from our condo and I only know this because while they were filming on location every single bar and restaurant that we would go to if someone was from the cast was there it was so obvious because they had this huge camera crew with them and all these bright lights which is not what you want at midnight in the bar you do not want a ton of bright lights shining all right. over the place. And we had to, like, sign consent forms, like, you'll be on TV, blah, blah, blah. It was really just a pain in the ass, and we all wanted them to go away. <laughs> it wasn't cool. <laughs> well, you got your wish. <laughs> I know. And then one day, I was driving, and they were out playing football, and they hit their they hit my car with their football. A-holes. And I got out to see if it had been dented and they came over and sort of gave me a half-ass apology. And then I rolled my eyes at them like, oh, kids. And I got back in my car and drove away. Kids these days. Kids these days. And they're They're not very good at playing football. No. I mean, it's hard to play football in an urban setting, period. So. True. I bet it was Tony Raines. See, I don't know a single person on the cast. And I don't even know if I was ever on TV because I never watched it. I wish I would have known. Mm. I would have looked for you. <laughs> you may or may not be able to watch it on Hulu now. I don't have any desire. <laughs> Once you get go- like Peter thought it was dumb and then he started watching with me one day and he got into it. And then he started watching the challenge with me because I was binge watching it on Hulu because the Real world feeds into the challenge. They get their contestants from there. Gotcha. And then now he's really into it, too. (sighs) Yeah, I remember it being very compelling, but I just... There's only so many hours in the day. (laughs) It's just so fun to make fun of people, because you're like, ah! Because they're they're idiots. That's why I like watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. But then you see them, like, do well, and you're like, yeah, you finally did something right. Oh, yeah, I see you never say that about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Yeah. That never comes out of your... I like a little redemption. Sure. You know what Peter and I like to do? What? (laughs) We watch Forged in Fire, and we pick teams based on their profiles at the beginning. Mm. Have you ever watched that? Nope. (laughs) It's a knife-making show. No. Peter really likes it, so I'll, like, sit on my phone. But my family's like into Survivor, and we kind of do that. Like, like we pick front runners at the beginning. I never watch Survivor. Oh, it's a good one. It's still going strong. I just don't watch network TV. I think is mm. what it is. I say I watch it. I don't though. But my family still does. <laughs> oh, I've seen a Pe- lot of them. Peter's I do family like watches that in Amazing Race. I think. Yeah, also solid. Anyway, that's probably enough chatter about TV. Let's wrap things up, Sarah. 
All right. Join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff. That's right. And don't don't uh, be afraid to give us a review or a rating. Yeah, that'd be nice. We enjoy that very much. Yes, and we do. if you have a crazy celebrity story, we want to hear about it. You don't have to just write to us about eggs and balls. Tell yeah. us your crazy stories and we'll share them in Out of the Box. We love getting emails. We do love getting emails. And speaking of eggs, our next episode, we're talking about ovulatory drugs and evicting your eggs. Time to time to kick Get them out. out of here. Time to kick them out. Get out of here, eggs. So join us for that episode. And uh, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye, everyone. Bye.